Hello Anne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, uh, thank you for having me here. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, I'm excited about our conversation. We just had a little bit of a chat beforehand and I, and I was uh, interested to find out a bit about what you do, but also what we could possibly talk about. And uh, the, the concept of the mindset of publishing uh, came up and I thought it was really interesting. There's a couple of questions I have. I've been on a bit of a publishing journey, if you like, that um, uh, that has half happened. So actually, this would be really helpful for me and hopefully other people will learn from this as well. And uh, So everyone's about to get me um, a little bit vulnerable in this episode. But um, let's start off. Can you just tell us a little bit about um, uh, how you got into publishing? Uh, what you got? What got you to this stage? And, and uh, a bit about yourself and the business. Yeah, so, so I run a company called a Forward Thinking Publishing. And when people say that they fall into a profession, that is exactly what I did. Because when people say that, I'm like, no. But I actually just fell into this profession. I've been a coach for about 20 odd years. Um, I've been coaching a lot of people. And then I got really disillusioned with the coaching industry. Someone at Network Me kind of... Um, at network meeting and wouldn't sit by me he was like oh you're a coach and you're really good I don't want to sit by you and that, that really hurt my feelings and I thought oh really in this day and age of oh, the competition so I really fell out of love with the coaching industry really and then so I stopped um, and then when I stopped I had a lot of phone calls from so-called colleagues or friends that wouldn't speak to me when I was a coach, but now I wasn't in competition with them. They would ring me up and they'd go, sort of, you've published a book, haven't you? Yeah, I've published two. Oh, how did you do that? And that's how I fell into it. <laughs> and then my friend said to me, oh, you better make a business. And I went, hmm, maybe I will. So that's what I did. <laughs> how funny, you know, um I've, n I've never really explored this before, but now you've mentioned it, it makes me think back. Um, I, I, used to, I was in the financial services industry and ran a mortgage and insurance brokers. Um, and I was there for 10 years, just over 10 years. And, um, and I remember my, I exited the industry via technology. So mm. I built a proof of concept that was like an online mortgage application. Mm. And um, I remember when I moved out of that and into the creative business, mm. All of a sudden, I had mortgage advisors and people um, <laughs> calling me and emailing me and messaging me saying, uh, can you help me with this? Or can you design something? Or can you um, can I have a chat to you about this or get ideas? And it was always, how did you do this? What did you do? Um, so, something around that, whether it was marketing or whether it was the technology or just how I used to work. So that's, yeah, that's really interesting. I completely get um, that part of your journey. And, and how that so, uh, but so, yeah, that led into you advising people on how to publish books and, and then what yeah. you to make it a thing yeah I just said to make it a thing because when I published kind of my first book it's really hard uh, to market it because you're a lone author so I thought right let's create an umbrella where every author sits under my umbrella so forward thinking publishing that is my umbrella we all sit underneath it but we're all self-published authors and then we're bigger so now I've got a gardener's account. So now we can get into shops. That, and that's what I couldn't have as a sole like, author because a lot of people would just write 10 books. I'm like, well, I don't actually want to write 10 books. I want to write one or two books. Yeah. <laughs> so really that, 
that was the inspiration kind of behind it because I know people can't market it with one book. It's an impossibility. So now they're sitting under my umbrella. We can get in all the bookstores um, and we, we got, we got, we got, oh, we're more bigger than a sole author. One thing that um, struck me a bit that's interesting about your business is that you, you, because of your background, you now help coaches, but you use yeah. a book for a specific purpose, uh, which is interesting. So can you talk to a little bit about what the book is for, for coaches? Yeah. And how it becomes part of their, their process? So initially, when I wrote my book, uh, Kick Ass Your Life, um, I wanted to get my 20 years of experience out there. I'd helped a lot of people, coached a lot of people. I just wanted that information out there, basically, um, because when I was in trouble, I, I didn't have that information. So that was really, really important. But when I published it, I had so much more than I thought came out of the book. And I was in a networking event, um, and there must have been about 10 other coaches in Bristol, because we're overrun with coaches in Bristol. And um, I sat next to a guy, put my book on the table, um, and he didn't want to buy the book. And I got really upset. And I'm like, oh, it's only a tenner, for God's sake, like this. I got really upset. And then at the end, he said to me, but do you do one-on-one -on -one coaching? Yeah, I've got a high-ticket program, three-month program. Okay, right, but can I buy that? And within 10 minutes, I sold a £2,000 coaching package just by putting my book on the table. And that's where I thought that's the power kind of of the book. Because I asked him at the end of the three months, I said, why did you pick me? There was 10 other coaches in the room. He said that you must know what you're speaking about because you've written a book. And that was when I realised the power like, of the book was. So um, now I help other coaches because publishing isn't cheap. I generally think that you're not, you're not going to get your money back from uh, the book sales. So I like to see my coaches really get their money back and you'll get your money back from upselling your coaching. Mm -hmm. And that's how, how I coach them how to write the book. So you, one of the things you mentioned there is almost like a blessing and a curse type thing where, you know, writing a book is it's a, it's a commitment it's a task commitment like you're going to write a book which means you know you're going to spend a lot of hours writing and uh, you're going to need help with editing and all kinds of stuff and when you put it out there it's it's out there forever and it gives you your it gives you this sense of credibility and it really worked for you in, in getting yeah. that client on board and uh, and helping you that way but also when you're publishing it it's also really scary thinking that you're going to have the thing out in the world so I thought it would be a great conversation to have around the, the mindset of publishing because uh, my journey has, has been pretty difficult trying to, I say trying to write a book, um, <laughs> and, and ended up uh, just testing the waters by writing a chapter for someone else's book. You know, you have these collaborative yeah. uh, books every now and then. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I'd love to dig into that, uh, that side of, of things. So... Um, as a bit of background for the for the watchers and listening and listeners as well as as you uh when i was in the mortgage industry i really wanted to write a book and um mm. 
I was I took on this project. I built a proof of concept for online mortgage applications, and uh, and I started bumping into people that I found really interesting. And we were talking about technology and uh, financial technology and um, fintech, if you want to call it that. And um, and I'll speak. I ended up in uh, boardrooms with CEOs of banks and and. At that point, my, I've never spoke to people like that. It was completely out of my league. I've, I've managed to get in this position just by fluke, really. And something in my brain said, I need to record this somewhere. Um, because there were such interesting conversations and a lot was happening. We're, you know, we're in this cashless transition, if you like. It's a really exciting time anyway. Um, so I started talking to people. Um, and managed to interview CEOs of banks and, and all kinds of stuff in the industry. And I thought, I'm gonna put it into a book about kind of disruption in the industry. So I, I wrote this book. I actually, uh, I was pretty, I think I was about 10,000 words I finished it, if not finished it. Um, and then I changed industry and I didn't publish it. And I kind of wish I did now because, yeah. because now I know, well, it doesn't really matter if I've changed industry. It would have been work that was out there in the world. So actually, I ended up publishing a lot of it on Medium, just so I had somewhere to reference to go back to. Uh, and that was my way of taking it out of my head, uh, putting it somewhere, like putting it to the side and starting again, really. Um, so I started writing again. Um, got about halfway through, uh, sorry, started the book and then thought, I'm so early in the business. What if things change in the business and then it's not relevant anymore? Um, and that's kind of what stopped me. So I want to start there really from a mindset point of view. You know, things change in the world. We've just gone through a pandemic for two years that, you know, a lot has changed. If I had published a book before the pandemic, my business would have looked very different to now. Um, uh, and so it, it might not be relevant anymore. How do you... And with your clients, how do you tackle these kinds of mindset issues that people go through around publishing their own book or writing? Um, yeah, so I've, I've created a three-step process, and that's the first step to master your mind, because that's what will trip you up. And it's quite interesting that you said that you stopped at 10,000 words, because that's where normally like a lot of people will stop. That's like well, you yeah. say, say podcasts <laughs> never usually get past the seventh episode or yeah, something. Yeah, so it's really interesting when clients come to me and they're like, I've written 10,000 words and then I completely stopped. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, because thoughts come into your head like um, people don't need the information. Every, uh, but the one thing that everybody says to me, everybody knows what I know. I'm like, they don't. So that's the one number one people think that because they know it, other people will know it. And it can be simple stuff like if you're stressed, kind of read a book or sit still. But not everybody knows that. <laughs> and it can be really simple stuff. And I was amazed when I coached a lot of people. I, I just said one thing to them and they went, oh, really? I'm like, didn't you know that? And I kept saying that to myself all the time. So the number one concept is when you write a book that everybody knows what you know, and they simply don't. So by actually writing what you know will help someone else. And that's the main object of it, really. What happens, because um, you must, you must uh, encounter people where 
you know, maybe their business model changes or they change the way they do things. And, you know, uh, I, for me, I, uh, when I started Danny Co and the business, uh, I very quickly found that conversations all led to the same thing. And it yeah. was usually about solving a problem around confidence, whether it was like a leadership thing or a team yeah. and people thing, or whether it was a client thing, it was always around building confidence of some sort. So I trademarked this brand confidence, basically the phrase, uh, and then thought, oh, what can I do with it? And I thought, well, I could just put it in a book as kind of a, a company philosophy. And then I think one of the things that stopped me is what if I change part of that process? Um, uh, you know, I've published this book and someone's going to pick it up. And, you know, there, there was that kind of thing. So is there anything you can help with around the mindset of things changing or, or, or evolving even? Yeah, I I think you have to start with what you've got because one of the mindset issues is that I haven't got enough or I've got to wait 10 years in business to write or blah, blah, blah. So your ego will get in the way there. But you can always do one book and then update it so you can have another book. So it's not set in, set in stone. But what I really I dig down with clients when I help them write a book is what is their core what are they trying to say to people? And that never changes. So your process might change, but like you said, you help people with confidence, that won't change. Yeah. How you help them might change, but so then you write about how you, how you help people with the confidence issue. So it's really writing about the core thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, but uh, I can write about brand confidence and what that means and why it's important and all those things and include a process. But if the process changes, you just update the process. Yeah, you just update the process. But what you have to think about is who your reader is. Now, when I get a manuscript in, I know from the first two sentences that they haven't thought about who the reader is. Um, <laughs> so you can have, you can have, so brand confidence, you can have one reader then you can have two readers, but you can't put it in the same book. You need two separate books. So the people that might be down the visit, down the road, kind of 10 years into their business would need some, some uh, kind of the different information that the person that's one year in their business. So you can't include that in one book. Yeah. So really um, the first thing, even before you write a book is to work out who your reader is. And then the writing process will be very easy. See that uh, I think that is probably a struggle of a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, because it's a struggle in business in general. Uh, there, where people are afraid to um, box themselves in or yeah. to go for one particular type of customer. So that 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 makes sense. That that's a struggle. Yeah. When uh, when I was a coach, it took me about ten years to niche because I'm yeah. like, oh, oh, <laughs> I help everybody, and I'm not niching, and I'm not being boxed in. And then when I wrote the book, someone said like you have a process I'm like I oh, know I didn't have a process everybody's individual so I was really like kicking uh, but once I knew who my client was like all my marketing activity was simple and yeah. I attracted all the right people into me because I knew who I was looking for I knew what their language would be um, I didn't take on anybody that I couldn't change and then people in the industry said well you get changed all the time I'm like because I've niched, because I'm really picky on who I take. 
And that's how I got the results. Interesting. So it's kind of, you can't write a book for 10 people. Yeah. You need to nail it down because then it makes the marketing process easier anyway. But it makes that reader feel that you're talking to them. And that's what where your book will be kind of um, uh, successful because people are like, oh, he knows what I'm talking about. He knows me. He understands me. So... That's yeah, interesting. So I um, I read a book a few years ago uh, uh, called Traction, hmm. a book of Gino Whitman, and uh, it was about a like a methodology within business. Re- very interesting book. Uh, a lot of practical stuff, like how to run certain things and uh, different types of meetings and hmm. that kind of thing. Um, and then I came across another book uh, called Something Else, and I thought. It's the same book, isn't it? But it wasn't. It was the method that he teaches for teams, for example. And then he brought out another book and and I thought, it's the same thing. But it wasn't. It was directed at someone else. And then I started to feel like, okay, I get it. He's come up with this thing and he can adapt it for different audiences. And that's what he did over the years and, you know, ended up with five books instead of one. Um, Is that a... I imagine that's a good thing to do for targeting your book at people. Is it something that you recommend? And uh, so I could do, you know, brand confidence for leaders, brand confidence for teams. Uh, Is it generally a recommended thing to do? Yeah, I would because, yeah, the reason will know, one that I've just said, the reason will know that you understand them because you're writing uh, specifically but it it also takes all the issues out of the writing so the fear I don't know what I'm writing I don't know who I'm writing for takes all those issues away so when I when I nailed it on kick off your life like I got into 10,000 words and actually went up in flames with a candle because I printed it out and I'm like oh my god that's not the book but then I nailed my client and I wrote that book in four weeks 40,000 words in four weeks because it was simple because I knew the topic I'd been coaching it for quite a long time and as soon as I nailed that client to one person it was so much easy so that's why I like I always say to clients nail your reader down and I had a manuscript um a few months ago and he'd written 90,000 words and I said to him who's your reader well it could be university students about business it could be so we had about five different clients and I went no that's five different books so when people ask me do you believe there's a book in everyone I'm like no there's at least five or six books in everyone because you write for the reader you don't write for yourself you write for that Ariza to give them that information that they need I imagine for a lot of people, there's, um, or certainly for me, and I can use myself as a, a probably an example, um, there's a mindset issue around feeling good enough to be an author or to write a book. And where this has um, come into uh, reality for me is that while I've been writing one book, there's been a high level concept idea that I've dug into and researched and thought, that could be a different book like there's, there's this completely different thing but but 
it's not what I do. It's just a, a concept that I'm very interested in. So, for example, what my book could be about brand confidence, for example, for leaders. Um, and then uh, I would love to write another book about uh, actually a concept within the business for our team called radical responsibility. And it's, to, it's basically a way of working remotely with mm. Um, because we have a 100% remote business. And um, so that's a completely different concept, but I'm thinking, I haven't been doing this that long. You know, it's uh, who, I guess it's the whole imposter syndrome. Who am I to write a book about yeah. I haven't been doing it that long? Um, so do you ever have to help, uh, I guess, guide people in a particular direction? Uh, what's the struggles there? Yeah, the struggles are, um, a lot of it is fear, um people but the one thing I keep going back to is that people think other people know what they know and yeah. they simply don't so that's the issue that go around them I had a um, a new author she had she parented two teenagers with mental health issues and I've parented three children I've got no idea how she parented her two um but she thought right I'm not a coach like I'm not therapist, like I'm just a mother that wants to share this information with other parents. That's all she wanted to do. And she had a lot of that, well, who am I? I'm just a parent. I've just gone through this. And I'm like, yeah, but all those other parents at this stage of when they're told that their teenager's got like a mental health issue, how do they deal with that? Mm -hmm. So we went right back to that concept that she was writing for those newly parents that were just going through that thing. And now she's got parents emailing her saying, oh, thanks for the information. I didn't know like this was around. So it's really understanding who that reader is, but don't like, like I wouldn't coach Tony Robbins because he's much further above me, but I will coach people that haven't got to where I've got to now. So it's the same concept of when you're writing a book. You're not going to write for the guru, are you? Like the Buddha. You're not going to tell him how to meditate. <laughs> I love that. You know, that will make a great clip in this <laughs> podcast. You're not going to tell the Buddha how to meditate. Yeah, yeah but yeah. so you're teaching people that don't know what you know. And so even if you're like a year in business or six months and you've come across something that's going to help people that's starting on that ladder, then why not share it? It's, it, it's not about in, like imposter syndrome. It's that you've got the information that someone else hasn't mm. and you want to share that. Well, I remember uh, quite a few years ago now, um, there's, a, there's a great business coach. Um, you might know him actually. There's a Stroud base called Robin Waite. Mm. Um, and our, we've had book conversations before. And if Robin ever listened to watch this video, <laughs> we'll be waiting to kick me up the ass because <laughs> he's been uh, telling me before. I've even mentioned to him in the last year or two. Oh, I'm, I'm still still kind of in the book. <laughs> in it's the in your head. It's book. too much head stuff. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> he's just like, I told you this like seven years ago or whatever. Um, yeah. So he's he'll be kicking me up the ass after if he watches this. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, um, it's, I forgot where I was going with that. Yeah, it's just, it's just fear. 
basically, and your yeah. ego will try and talk you out of it. And that's why you write 10,000 words, you think, oh, shit, or that's not yeah. good enough, or yeah. who wants to know this information? But <laughs> once you know who that reader is, you'll, you'll know that they will need to know that information. And that yeah. that's what makes it easier. Yeah, so, so um, I remember Robin saying, uh, I think it was Robin that said to me, he, he uh, had me to speak at one of his networking events. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I think I was a bit nervous. And uh, he said, he said something along the lines of, this isn't about you. No. You, know, you know, you're here to give them mm -hmm. uh, some valuable information. You holding on to that information actually is doing a disservice yeah. to the people that yeah, is, want, yeah. to hear, want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. And that was a real mindset set shift for me. So yeah. something that I really needed to hear at the time um, when I was going through this career transition. Uh, yeah, so that really helped. And, and it applies to this. And from what you're yeah. saying, really, it applies to business in general, you know, that we want, we want to work with clients that, you know, aren't way ahead of us you know it would make sense especially as coaches uh so yeah i, I completely get that is there it, sorry come so it is if you're not sharing the information so i found that when i did kick off kind of your life it was like if that person didn't get that information i could change their lives in like a few minutes by just reading my book and if i wasn't going to share that because of my own fears and what took me out of that was focusing on that reader. I'm like, I need to help this woman. I need to help her. I was there 20 years ago. I don't want anybody else there. I've got the information. That's what drove me to that woman. <laughs> and that's how I wrote it in such a short space of time. So find your inspiration. Find that reader who you really want to help. Yeah, I, I completely get that. It's uh, really important to just know who you're writing for. Uh, it makes it easier for me, actually. I'm yeah, but it takes you out. It takes all your ego when your mindset shifts. I'm not good enough. I can't write. And one of the other concepts I get uh, with new writers is that, oh, I didn't do an English. Um, I'm not very good at English. Right, okay. So most writers are dyslexic anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> we'll get over that one anyway. But what is a more important is having a voice. So when I edit a manuscript, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for perfect English because we don't speak in perfect English. So I do swear a lot. So in Kick-Ass, I made sure I put some swear words in because that's how I would speak. So when people then kind of read my book like, and then met me, they're like, oh, my God, you are the same person, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah. So it's really the voice that is so much more important than English. Yeah. I, than perfect English. I've met people where, um, so I've got some friends that have published books and I've read the books and uh, I never knew, uh, actually, at the time, I thought it must just be because I know I knew them before yeah. they wrote the book that I can hear their voice as I'm reading it. But actually, I read a book before where I've only seen someone speak very little and I've heard it in their voice as well. And, and um, one of the things I guess I've struggled with in the past is that I'm going to write a book, but I, I was worried that I was writing it as I speak rather than writing yeah, it. Yeah, you should speak. do. Yeah. yeah, and I, I was right. worried that I was doing that, but you're saying you should do that. It should, should be your do that. Yeah, it's book. not. So I've just done uh, a book, and it's all been channeled. Um, so I've not 
messed with it too much because it's channelings but it, you can really hear a voice in it so now the author's coming back to it and she, and she said but it's not perfect English and then it hasn't got a full stop where it, and I'm like doesn't matter it's still got your voice in so it it's going to be fine so the voice is so much more like important than getting the full stop in the right place because yeah. people when they meet you and especially when you're upselling your coaching services people need to know that they trust you already and so with your book when I did my book it took me completely out of the sales process because I would just give them away read my book if you like it come and do coaching with me and it works because it took me completely out of the, the sales process because they were because they already knew liked me and trusted me and that's all in the voice yeah. so I'm giving you all, all the way my top tips <laughs> that's good that's good that's what I want um brilliant uh, is there uh it always feels like such a meaty process like there's quite a lot involved what's what's generally involved in a in a I guess it's self-publishing process yeah. rather than a normal publishing process yeah so a lot of people like well self-publishing has had a bit of a bad reputation because so what people do they just write a book and they just upload it basically and they do their cover on canva and so it's not as people think it's not as professional but it is coming up a bit now because um a lot of like assisted publishers like i am we make sure it's been edited we make sure it's been proofread the cover has been designed properly yeah. so it's now a whole has to be right process but what self-publishing gives the author is control over their book. So when I published mine, I wanted Hay House to publish it. But if you haven't got a platform, they won't have you. So they said to me, like, your book is great, but because you haven't got 150,000 followers on Facebook, we're not publishing you. So you need a platform. But people don't know that if you do go with a traditional publisher, they will buy your copyright. So you've got no right to then re, re um, to use that content again. Ah. So that is a kind of a no-no for coaches because they want to repurpose that content because they want to make it into courses, they want yeah. to teach it. So self-publishing allows that control that they that they keep of their book. So it's a whole process. And if you miss anything out of that process, then you won't have, have a good enough book. So this is why people love me because they just hand me the manuscript. I do all the process for them and I hand them a book, a book back. So it's really understanding that process. And it, it took me about two years to work out how to do it and where to put it and stuff like that. So it's really, it's, time management really and it's the whole process um so don't miss any steps out always get it edited and proofread <laughs> yeah absolutely so there's two things i want to go through before we wrap up yep. one is so you get your mindset sorted yeah how the hell are you supposed to sit down every day and write a book <laughs> well simples um i wrote forty thousand words in four weeks by writing 50 minutes a day Wow. That's all I did, because that's all I can write for as a writer. Then I get an itchy bum and think that a washing up is more important than writing. 
which I hate washing up, or washing the clothes is much more important. So it's really understanding your process. So I write in the morning. So I get up um, at six o'clock in the morning. I write for 50 minutes and then that's done. So it's really finding your process and it's not like you need to sit down all day and write. That's a concept people have that writers just sit and write all day. They don't because they can't. So it's really finding that process that will work uh, uh, for you. And the next thing is do not edit. Do not go back on your, on your manuscript. Keep going. Because <laughs> you'll get to 10,000 words and then you'll stop. <laughs> yeah. So this is like a just write. Just right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't do anything it, else. yeah a lot of people are like oh yeah but i need oh oh, oh i've forgotten i'm like have a log if you've forgotten something in chapter two write it that in your log you'll never go back and change it anyway so that's fine but it just gets it out of your head but you just got to keep keep going keep going until you hit forty thousand words and then you start the editing process <laughs> Amazing. Um, the other thing uh, that I wanted to touch on, which I think people would be wondering or, or asking, is you've mentioned that the this book essentially becomes a uh, a powerful tool, really, yeah. for lead generation and to actually get business if you're you're a coach. Um, is there an is there any other ways you can market the book or or to make the most out of the fact that you've spent your blood, sweat, and tears writing this book? <laughs> how do you get the most out of it? And um, how you get the most of it is. You never know where your book's going to end up. Um, and this is what I tell all my authors. And they, and they never believe me at the beginning of the process. They're like, oh, oh yeah, you're just saying that to get, to get business. But I go back to that parent that wrote a book. She didn't have an audience like, or anything, but she wanted to help charities. Anyway, a couple of months after we published, I get an email from her. And she says, how do I quote for 400 out of my books? I'm like, what? What happened? And she went, I've just had a, just had a charity asking for 400 books. And I'm like, and she went, you did tell me this, didn't you? That the book can go anywhere. And I'm like, I did say that to you. <laughs> so she totally like got the concept. But it's really using it as your calling card. So use it as you speak in, using it in your audience, sharing the content, maybe putting it into a course. So it, it's really the sky is the limit, but you just never know where your book might end up. <laughs> Amazing. Um, that's brilliant. Thanks very much, Anne. I think if anyone's thinking of, about writing a book, uh, you've pretty much given them a, a really good base to go off. Can yeah, you... and I just really want to say to people that the writing is easy. When you've nailed your mindset, nailed your writer down, and then nailed your structure, the writing isn't an issue it is dead easy but get those three steps right and you're off for a really good start i think uh the structure is probably something that people really struggle with you know I, i'm writing all this stuff but how does it go together that makes sense that people can use practically uh, again yeah. with them yeah but um, the structure is important but that can be sorted when it goes through the editing process yeah so um, that's not an issue really so that, that's all I need to do. I just need to write. Just need to get on your computer, sit your bum on a chair, and write anything that comes into your head. Oh, I oh know. You need to nail your reader down first. Yes. Then 
create an avatar of that person, then sit your bum on a seat, <laughs> open your laptop and keep writing till you get to 40,000 words. <laughs> wow. So um, before we go, a final thing about the word count, I think is a common, a common thing I've seen people question. What is like, is 40,000 like an ideal? Is there, is there a general rule? Because um, books that are like... <laughs> yeah, well, 40,000 words are generally about 250 pages long, which is which is long enough. And the first book I ever published, it I got it and we worked out and it was going to be like 400 page book. And I said to her, right, who's your reader? And she went, stressed out woman coming out of a toxic uh, relationship. Right, okay. Has she got time to read a 400 page book? <laughs> no. Right, okay. Well, split it into two books then. How about that? And we split it into two books, 200 pages each, uh, the books came. So it's really understanding your reader. If they've got time, write a 600-page book, no problem. But if they want the information straight away, write a, write a shorter book. So anywhere between 30 and 40,000 words is optimum because it's like a 250-page book. The book I've got at the moment, I've... we. We're up to 90,000 and I've got it down to 70,000. Now that's going to be like 300, 300 350 page book. So that's still quite sizable. So it's really working out who that reader is. Then you'll know how much you need to write. Yeah. Work out who the reader is. Yeah. An avatar. Write. Right. Don't stop at 10,000 words. Keep writing. Amazing. Uh, and that's been some amazing information if anyone's looking to write a book can you give us um where can people contact you where can they get in touch and have you got anything going on at the moment that you want to that you want to tell people about yeah so everything is on my website at forwardthinkingpublishing.com all my blogs are on there so if you want the three-step process i've got the blogs on there which will take you through the three-step process um, and I do run a workshops on that three-day process, um, which I'm going to be doing in October. Amazing. So, yeah, just go on, onto the website and, and read all about it. And you've obviously published your own books. So what, what books can people get from you? So I've written two. I've written Kick Ass Your Life, which is on Amazon, um, and the, the Authentic You, which came out of writing the first book because I kept editing the first book <laughs> and some of my friends said to me maybe there's a second book in you and that's what it was so uh, in the editing process I'd already had the second book already written basically so yeah so they're my two <laughs> well I'll make sure there's links everywhere around this video and the audio when it comes out uh, yeah, well, thank you for having me it's been really nice thank yeah you. it's been great so, thank you for uh uh, I thought I'd just open up about my own issues with... And if you need any writing advice, get in touch. <laughs> Thanks very much, Anne. Have an amazing rest of the day. I will do. Thanks for joining okay, me. Take care. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye.